What's going on, everybody? Alabama takes care of Western Kentucky 38-10, but Nick Saban calls it, quote, the most disappointed he's ever been after a win. Patrick and I will break that game down, plus look ahead to Revenge Game Part 2 against Ole Miss next week in Oxford. You're listening to Pat's Interference. Well, hey there, everybody. Hope you're doing okay. You're listening to Pat's Interference, and we have our uh, Week 2 edition here, the Alabama podcast. Alabama just got done playing Western Kentucky. Final score, 38-10. to 10. I am Patrick Brickman. And I'm Patrick Nord. Brick, not the greatest game Alabama's ever played, but if you look at the scoreboard and the box score, you, you wouldn't really know. You wouldn't really no, know it. Saban tried to tell us that it's the most, uh, most embarrassed he'd been after a win. I came away thinking I'd seen less inspired performances, but I definitely seen more inspired performances, but he'll tell you that it was one of the least inspired performances ever. He, he, I, yeah, several times through around the word disappointed, and I understand that, but Embarrassed, too? He said embarrassed. Well, and he said he was, it was the most disappointed he'd been after a win, and I remember some, like, what about every year after we play LSU? Every year we play Mississippi State, and it's awful. I mean, it, it's so I don't I don't know. I think he's blowing it out of proportion. Maybe he's just trying to get you know this is, this get is the guys' first attention. team than us. Yeah, um, but it's it was just sort of I don't know. Felt like a felt like a hyperbolic statement. But anyway, we're we're getting too far into what Saban said. Let's get into the game, Patrick. Let's start it off uh, from the very beginning with the quarterback play. A lot of questions. You and I talked about who would start the game this week. Um, and uh, I, I think we kind of both nailed it. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts, obviously the quarterback now, in my opinion. I, I don't oh, know. Oh, it's well, yeah. That that question's been answered when you talk about right. thirty-six pass attempts to six. It's not even right. I, I don't know how anyone else can really make uh, make a case um, at this point. But at the same time, you know, give give credit where credit's due. You know, Blake Barnett stood in there and made some good passes the other night. Um, it, it just didn't really go his way. Unless we get into a shootout with uh, moving on to Hertz, unless we get into a shootout with uh, another team, you know, Ole Miss style last year, if we don't get into a shootout, I seriously doubt Hertz has 36 pass attempts again. I think they were just trying to get him as many reps as possible. I think right. that was part of the reason. We're going to kind of complain about the run game here in a little while, and deservedly so. But I think a lot of that had to do with just the fact that we knew we were going to win this game. Now let's get Hurts as many pass attempts and as many looks as possible. Right. 23 of 36, 287, uh, two touchdowns. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. It's It was um, – I felt like every time he dropped back to pass, he was – I was talking to my dad about it earlier today. It was almost as if he was just a couple seconds behind. You yeah. know, just – just the game was just a couple seconds ahead of him, and it, it – it, it didn't make me uncomfortable. I mean, his QBR was a 58.9. It's just – it could be better, and I know it could be better, and I know he knows it could be better, and I'm just kind of waiting to see when that's going to happen. You know, it, uh, when's the time when his timing's finally going to get on pace, and you know he feels comfortable? Because to me, the other night he just didn't look or feel comfortable. Not as comfortable as he did against USC. Um, you, we had, we had talked about his body language when we were discussing it right. yesterday. Yeah. Um. I don't know that it was. A, you said you you saw a lot of negative body language. I saw a lot of just somebody that was, that was being a little bit more vocal than last week. I, I saw just well, I, some. I did see some frustration. I'm with you there, though. Yeah. I, and it's that's the thing that bothers me about it is it's frustration when you're up by 25, and it's not. I don't feel like he was very understanding 
with his teammates, which, I mean, he's a true freshman. we got to keep that in mind, too, you know. He's, but at the same time, if you look at it as, as he's, he's really taken ownership of that offense and, 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 um, and making sure that, you know, pe- holding people accountable. There's, there's, dip, there's better ways to do that, in my opinion, than throwing your hands up when a guy drops a touchdown pass. Look, he already oh, feels. Yeah, yeah, that, that one was. He already feels bad enough that he dropped your touchdown pass, all right? Don't make him feel like a jerk when he comes back to the huddle. I'd like to know what he said to him because Dieter did drop it for sure. Touch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But he made up for it. He had a great catch for a touchdown later on, and a great. Uh, well, I guess I should say catch and run. The run was kind of yeah. more impressive. He brought it down to the two, but it was essentially a touchdown. Yeah. Um. Going back to Blake Barnett, just a tad. It, it just it's not clicking for him. Um. And I don't I don't know if it's Kiffin's play calling. I don't know if it's you know the fact that he's a little ticked off that he's not in the game more often or earlier or what, but it just, it, he doesn't seem to get it. The light bulb's just not exactly coming on. I think that's exactly the thing, though. I think you were right with that second point there when you said it. It's, I think there's a frustration. There's a need to press. Yeah. Uh, he, he just looks a little bit more anxious to make a big play when he's out there. Um, and he did, you know, it's just, it's, it's a little bit more, he knows that he should have, this was his year to start, and now here comes this true freshman that's that's you know three inches shorter than him, uh, has not been there a year like he has, and is coming in. And this dude's a five star. He expected to come here and play at some point, be the starter. Now someone younger than him right. is starting over him. That doesn't look like he's going to be getting that chance anymore. Right. Yeah, and it's you know, um, I, I know it's got to be frustrating for him, but uh, at the same time, Jalen Hurts, you know, God forbid, Jalen Hurts goes down middle of the season. It's it's BB-8's turn, you know, and he's got to be ready to step up. Uh, and so I, I hope he doesn't just throw in the towel and he just doesn't assume, oh, well, that's it, it's over. Um, but you never know, you know, and I hope we don't have to find that out this season. But if we do, I hope Blake Barnett's ready to go. I think um, I think Hurts, just speaking specifically about his play, I think he played well. I, I We can nitpick that he let go of some balls late and he – some this and that, but overall, I was very, um, I was very pleased with the way he played. He completed that. I think that's about sixty-seven ish percent of his passes, um, and a lot of balls were dropped. Right. He didn't throw. He didn't throw. He didn't have a throw all day that I thought, wow, that was a bad throw. Like, ooh, that like he missed a guy here and there, but it was the right read usually. Right. Um, but he didn't have a throw. I was like, ooh, see, that makes me nervous. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree, I agree, and uh, the only thing that kind of made me frustrated was every deep ball was underthrown. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, though, that was, that was, I texted you that. Every deep ball was, was just a, just about two or three yards underthrown. The receiver had to slow down, and, um, you know, Stewart would have, I, I guess the play was called back, but the one where we were, you know, Stewart was brought down to the one on the horse collar that they, for some reason, didn't call. Um, You know, that would have been a touchdown if he had put it in the right spot. Right. Right, and yeah, I'll never understand why that horse collar didn't get called. That was... It, I guess they figured the the holding already happened. But it's still a penalty. Yeah, then wouldn't they just offset? I Anyway. I anyway, actually don't know the ruling, but the thing is, <laughs> like, if there's a holding back at the line of scrimmage and a defensive player takes his helmet off and cranks some wide receiver with it, there's still going to be a penalty for assault. You yeah, know, I don't like, have no... I have no idea why they... Uh, it was just odd. It was just an odd play. Wide receivers played great. Calvin Ridley... Nine receptions for 129 yards. Patrick kind of snuck up on me, honestly. I, yeah, I, I didn't expect him to have that much. I, we saw I felt like I felt like our Darius Stewart was kind of the man of the hour yesterday, but then you look at it and Cal, I mean, eclipsed him by almost 30 yards. Um, our Darius Stewart, five catches, 
uh, for 90 yards with one TD. And then, like I said, Calvin Ridley with nine for 129 and one. Um, both of their longest catches were over 50 yards. O.J. Howard had another pretty solid outing. Only had two catches, but they were both big. Gary Dieter had two catches. We talked about the drop touchdown he had earlier, but he made up for it with the uh, great catch and run. Um, receivers looking strong. Uh, what's going on with the running backs is what I want to know. What has happened? And I talked to you a little bit about this the other night. What's happened to football where we're like, I'm getting weary of watching offenses play now, even ours, even Alabama's, because it's, it's the same thing all the time. And I'm tired of it. And I, I just, I, I'm tired of the spread. I'm tired of the jet sweep. I'm tired of the speed option, the read option, going from shotgun when you're at the five. I'm just tired of it. I just would like to see an I formation or even a single setback with a tight end. Something like that. And I'm just not getting it. Do you think that has more to do with the rushing troubles? Or do you think it's the O-line? Or do you think it's the running backs themselves? I think uh, I'll meet you halfway there. I'm getting a, a little tired of, of a lot of that stuff. Um, I don't I actually kind of like the read option for our offense. But there is a lot of stuff that I jet sweep. We've, we've said it over and over again. I'm going to go into that later as well. That's something I really want to mention there. But uh, I think a lot of that is we just we don't we honestly don't have we're not showing the personnel for it. I don't want us lining up in the I formation if we if we're with, with the run troubles we're already having, and they know the run's probably coming. Um, last year we did a lot. We did a lot of single setbacks, but that's because uh, you know we had Ryan Kelly and uh, our offensive line was gelling, and we had a Heisman winner in the backfield. But I just haven't seen the personnel for it this year. I think the offense is still trying to figure itself out. Right. Um, I don't know that. I mean, I think our quarterbacks could be the kind of guys that take snaps under center, but I, I'd like to go back and see how many snaps were under center and how many were in the shotgun. Uh, that'd be interesting to see. But I, I think a lot of the the craze for the spread offense is just because that's the way the game is moved. That's you know the changes in the rules have made that a much easier offense to right. run. And, I, and at the same time, it affects recruiting. Uh, the, the recruits want to play in an offense that features stuff like that because it gets them an open space. And I think if you don't, you know, run that, recruits like uh, might look at that and go, "Well, uh, I don't, I don't want to go run an offense like that." So it put us in a dif- disadvantage recruiting wise. Well, and I'm not, you know. I... I guess I'm a hypocrite, too, because last week I condemned LSU for not adapting to the change of football, and yet here I am wanting to go back to the old ways. But it was just, it bummed me out the other night when I was watching Arkansas play TCU and thinking, man, I wish we ran out of that offense. Meaning Arkansas, right? Yes. Brett Bielema, Arkansas. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm with you there a little bit, and we. We actually early last year, like in the early part of games, we wouldn't, and then in the late part of games, when we wanted to uh, really put a team away and tire them down, we'd kind of line up and and run a traditional, yeah. just hand it to Henry offense. Yeah. So um, I mean, I, but too many bubbles. I'm with you though. Too many bubble screens. Too many jet sweeps. So many I mean, jet sweeps. Why? I'll every just go ahead time, and mention what I wanted to mention. Every uh, time we bring him in motion, him being our Darius Stewart or Calvin Ridley. It's either going to be one of those little pop passes or a jet sweep or a fake jet sweep up the middle. When teams only had to prepare for three plays out of that man-in-motion play set, that's not a strong playbook. 
I'll just go ahead and mention what I wanted to say about that. Uh, I started watching somewhere, I was rewatching it this morning, and then somewhere in the second quarter, I just kind of went like, uh, I, I, I thought back to what Saban had said about, you know, people asking about the running game, and he said, like, we, we need to run better, but honestly, they were playing eight-man front, saying, you guys aren't going to run on us, you're going to have to beat us through the air. And so I was like, all right, so they're stacking everybody in the box. If we try to run it up the middle, uh, chances are, no matter who we play, we could be playing Charleston Southern. They're going to stop it just because there's eight dudes there waiting to tackle our running back. Right. But I was like, but you can counter that with quick or you know out, quick outside passes like the bubble screens we were running. So technically, that's the right play. Or um, you know, outside runs off tackle, like kind of stretch runs and stuff like that. Right. There's a place for that in an offense. And I was sitting there going, I don't. I, can't, I don't ever remember our running backs doing that. Us running a running back off tackle instead of straight up through the guard and center off the tackle outside, cut it up. Well, I we think it's one, unfortunate. So I watched the whole second half, and we had one toss to Damian Harris, which was a toss, but not a single off tackle run. And where is that gone? Well, and I, I think the unfortunate, the most unfortunate thing I should say is the fact that I, I in my opinion, I think Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough both would succeed running off tackle. I think they would. Honestly, especially Harris. I can I can think Harris has got the patience. I haven't seen the patience yet from Scarborough, but I've seen the patience from Harris to get to the outside, wait for the hole, and, and, and accelerate through it. But it, basically, if we wanted to run outside, it was going to Ardarius Stewart or Calvin yes. Ridley. That was the offense. On a jet sweep. Yes, on some kind of jet sweep. If we wanted to go outside and not run it inside with, with, uh, with Harris, then we were... Um, Doing you know running a running a sweep with one of the receivers. Not a single time were we running outside with the running back except the one toss that I mentioned in the second half. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's the offensive. I mean, it's no secret on this podcast or to you that I've never really been a huge fan of Lane Kiffin or his play calling. I've made it abundantly clear a number of times. I still stick with it. I know we've won a championship. I know we've been to the postseason back to back years. I still don't like it. And I like I said earlier, I'm becoming a little weary of how football is going now. Every single game is starting to look like a Pac-12 game now. I uh yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I know you you personally don't like his uh Kiffin as much as I have. I would be fine with him staying as long as possible. Just cuz I think he's a top 5 offensive coordinator. He's done pretty well for us, but that, at no, the same I know time, he's done well for us, but it, at the like, same time, it takes him a little longer to learn our offensive personnel than I would like. It took him a long time in uh, 2014 to to find to find a groove with Blake Sims and Amari Cooper. It was pretty much the same thing. I mean, we knew we had Yeldon, so we used him a good bit, but it was just force feed the ball to Cooper till we opened up some other stuff. And last year, early on in the year, we didn't have much. We were complaining about not having much of an offensive identity. I actually went back and looked at a couple of the dockets for our podcast, and we were asking kind of these same questions, like, "What's the identity here? Sure. We've lost Robert Foster. None of the receivers are stepping up. OJ Howard has gone AWOL, and our playbook is is either jet sweep, run up the middle for three yards, and we didn't believe in Coker yet." Yeah, I, I, mean, I do. I do agree. I think he just. I think he takes too long. He gets a little too cutesy, and he he doesn't. Uh... He he overcomplicates offenses, and that's yeah. what I mean when I said that I was watching Arkansas. Like Arkansas is not going to win any national championships. A because they're not Alabama, and B because it, it's hard to recruit when you're in Arkansas. Where do you go? That's one thing. Just a side note: Why would anyone ever take the Arkansas head coaching job? Your entire <laughs> well, recruiting platform is 
Little Rock and Fayetteville, and that's it. You can snag the Louisiana LSU rejects, but yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough place to recruit. But at the same time, why would anybody take the Kentucky job? Well, I guess if you need a job, you need a job. Yeah, SEC still pays good money because I guess that's a good launching pad for your resume to say that you came from the SEC. I don't know, but anyway, I I just I was watching the Arkansas game the other night, and it's just it's a simple offense. First in, first down's going to be a run. Off tackle up the middle, maybe a toss, maybe an option if they decide to get cute. Second down's going to be something similar. Third down talking, third down you let your receivers run their routes and you get your quarterback who's not a world beater, but he's also not somebody that's going to throw a pick every down to just get his guys the ball and let him make the plays. I'm going to give us the benefit of the doubt here. I'm not going to jump off and say that I hate the offense yet because I still think we're trying to figure ourselves out. I'll chalk it up to, well, we're still until recently we're still trying to figure out what we had at quarterback. We're still trying to figure out what, what he can and can't do. I still think we're going to have a dominant offense as soon as they figure themselves out. We're going to have it for the next two years. Um, and then I think at the same time we might have been holding back a little bit of the playbook just because we don't want to show too much to Ole Miss yet. Sure. I'll go with that. I'll, if, 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 it, if it persists to next week and we're still wondering like where the heck of our, are all of our plays, then I'll, then I'll be mad after Ole Miss. But I'll, I'll chalk it up to us holding back till the, to, the, to the big competition and the SEC hits. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Final thoughts on this game. Well, the defense played phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Yet again, one bad play. And honestly, it should have been a turnover. Was the little the trick play flip, flea flicker? Where I think it was was it Ronnie Harrison or Minka Fitzpatrick that caused the fumble? And then, it was I want to say it was Mink that went in there and caused it. And then and instead Eddie of falling on, on it, it, Eddie Jackson decided he was going to pick it up. But Eddie Jackson makes up for it by having another one of those classic Eddie Jackson pick sixes. That's gotta be his nickname soon. I saw someone tweet Eddie pick six Jackson. And I, I mean, thought it, I thought it fit pretty well. Every every time he gets a pick, it looks like it's going back to the house. I'm trying to think of the last game where it didn't look like I get. Well, I guess it would have been Clemson, but national championship. Yeah, but yeah, he's a, he's a threat every time he gets the ball. Yeah, we should put him wide receiver maybe. Uh, okay, so we want to go ahead and move on to Ole Miss then. I think so. I think so. I, as far as Western Kentucky is concerned, I you know not blowing it out of proportion, saying it's the worst thing in the world, but saying. Saying that I'm pleased with the offense is is far from accurate. Yeah. Well, with that said, I mean, what are what are your thoughts on the upcoming game? Because I'm going to be honest, like, I'm I, last year during our Ole Miss one, I was I remember going on record saying I'm not scared. I think we're going to blow them out of the water. This is a revenge game. Everybody's mad that they injured Kenyon Drake, and then they come into our house and beat us. Yeah. Uh I'm going to be honest. I'm scared of them this year. I I I think that it, there's there's a a very, very good chance that this could be a three-peat for them against us. I don't... I think it's very realistic. I, I, don't, I would not say it's very realistic. Um, because I feel like when you say it's very realistic, you're expecting... Are you expecting Ole Miss to win this game? No, I mean, I'm like 70% confident with Alabama. I, I mean, I would say that too, but 70 to 30 is still a pretty good percentage. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the only... So what's the most concerning part... Of Alabama versus Ole Miss, it's the offensive line, right? Uh, yeah, I think their defensive line is is very good still, even I agree. with the loss of Kadichi. And I think that they can have their way with our offensive line if they show up like they did in the first half sure. Uh, yesterday. Sure, and I agree with you, but I will say something else. This is a defense that has been beat by Ole Miss three times or two times in a row now. They're very, very 
anxious to get back out on the field, in my opinion, to prove that the past two years are so far in the rear view. Uh, I, I see this offense as, as a young group who, while remembers the pains from last year, doesn't really hold them in the, you know, in the forefront like the defense does. And I think Alabama's defense is going to come out, and at the end of the season, we're going to be marking Ole Miss as one of the best games that the defense played all year. I sure hope so. Well, I see. I'm not afraid of the defense at all, and that's. I mean, our defense week three this year is is leaps and bounds better than they were even week three last year when they saw Chad Kelly for the first time. Right. What I'm afraid of is the offense having turnovers, fumbling the ball, three and outs, putting our defense consistently in a bad situation. If your offense plays awful, you can make any defense look bad. And the game, you in can Oxford. make the best. De- yeah, and it, Oxford's not an easy place to play. It's no. going to be loud. It's going to be loud. I'll be there, by the way. Um, there you go. I'll be there on the field. I've got media pass. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and drive the seven and a half hours there just because I want to. Good just because I can. Go for it. I think, a lot, I think a lot of people, if they could get free passes on the sideline, would drive a measly seven and a half hours that morning of. Sure. And I'm going to do it. But anyway, neither here nor there. If our offense puts our defense in bad situations, that's how that's how Ole Miss is going to put up the amount of points they need to to beat us. I don't think they're going to drive 80 yards down the field as often as they did last year. No, I don't either. But if we turn the ball over on the 30 and they've only got you know 35 yards to go into score or field goal already in field goal range, then we could be looking at a, at a, at, a, at, a, at a really bad situation of a game because that's what happened last year too. In a, in a nutshell, five turnovers, two kickoff fumbled. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I, – I think that if the offense can settle down, can learn to settle down, if the offensive line can gel even a little bit, I, I think Alabama will be fine. If they can, yes. I don't ex- – I just don't – I don't expect Jalen Hurts to be able to go – and I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's the right guy for our offense, and I'm very excited for the next three years with him under center. But at this point in his career, I don't, and he can prove me wrong this weekend, and I will be so happy if he does. I don't expect him to go out there and pick them apart. Uh, no. So we have we have to develop a running game. Yes. At least a semblance. I need to see one of the two running backs show me, which Harris did week one, but just I need I need to see that we're going to be able to run for four yards if they know it's coming. Right. I agree. I agree. And I, I think we will, honestly. I really and truly do. I, I think it's hard to beat Saban three times in a row. It really is. Oh, by the way, a, a, a weird trivia. Let's see if you get it. You might have seen it on Twitter. But who was the last quarterback to beat Nick Saban two times in a row? Give me a hint. Where was he a coach? Oh, boy. Um, I mean, that would maybe give it away. It just will give you a time. I think he was at Michigan State. Oh, God. Um. Tom Brady, maybe? It was Drew Brees, 98-99. Yeah. I knew it was one of those Big Ten guys, but I didn't know. Wow. So, Chad Kelly has the chance to be the first since 98-99. I'm just, okay, so basically the nightmare scenario for us is, and we've done this a couple times this season, is first down, try to run with Harris, minus two yards. Stuff. Second down, um, screen pass, Calvin Ridley, four yards. We're looking at a third and eight. Hertz has gotten a couple of these first downs. That's not going to come so easy if we have to do that 50 times against Ole Miss, you know? Right. And But That's like I said, I don't think we will. Um, I hope not. I, I hope not. I, I, I expect a lot of second and five, second and six, 
a lot of third and threes, third and fours. But that's a... that's where a play calling has got to be key. It cannot. It's either got to be short intermediate passes that we know Hurts can make as long as everybody runs the route, or it has to be a dominant running game by the running backs. Either way, um, it starts up front. However, I still don't think like I think we're focusing too much on our offensive side of the ball instead of Ole Miss's offensive side of the ball, which if you watch the Florida State game is nowhere near complete. Yeah. I I mean it's well, just it's not. It's yeah, they they hinge on Chad Kelly not turning the ball over. Right. If Chad Kelly can go out and not turn the ball over and do what he does, they're fine. When he turns the ball over, that's when they lose to FSU, that's when they lose to Memphis. That's when they lose to the teams uh, Arkansas like they did last year. I, that's see, and that's that's my other confident part. I mean, I'm thinking here. Okay, if FSU's defense can can really rattle uh, Chad Kelly, our defense has. Other than the fact that we're playing at home or their home uh, in Oxford, I, our defense can, can. There's no reason we can't. If FSU sure. can do it, we definitely can. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree. And I, you know, I, uh, if this game were in Tuscaloosa, I would. Have no problem going with this. The spread is eight and a half, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. I saw that. I think that's a bit strong. <laughs> uh, I would, so let me I would ask put it you, at about six. Your score prediction for this game. I haven't even thought of that, about that. Uh, I don't... I don't actually see this being the high-scoring affair it was last year. I see it being more like two years ago in Oxford. Um, yeah. A sloppy. I, I don't expect us to come out and play a clean game. I expect a sloppy game from both teams. Um, a team where I'm going to go with like a. I'm, I'm still picking Alabama to win since I said I'm 65, 70 percent confident in them. Because usually, I honestly, am in the 90s. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll give that's, us. That's a realistic thing. Yeah. I'm giving us like a 24, 16 kind of win. See, I was I was going to say 27, 21. Good. 24-16, which I don't know why I said 16. That's not a very common score, but I guess 24. I'll go 24-17. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going 27-21. I see, I see Adam Griffith kind of settling in this game too, which has not happened. Well, hopefully, like last time, we in, during the USC game, we both picked close games, and we beat them by 46. So we're both picking close games here, knock on wood. That'd be nice. And, That'd be kind of nice. Yeah. That would feel really good. That that I want to blow out nobody more on this schedule than L- Ole Miss. Let's be honest. Tennessee. <laughs> well, I would. I would love. I would Tennessee. love so much if Tennessee came into the third Saturday of October undefeated and Alabama beat up by forty. All right. So this is the Alabama podcast, and we're going to talk about Tennessee later on in the week. Should I wait till then to talk about the Tennessee fans I was with yesterday, or does that work today let's, because we're no, talking about Alabama? No, no. Let, let's wait. Please wait. Please. I was stereotyped this weekend, everybody. Please, please let that be your sound off this I week. I was stereotyped. <laughs> discriminated against. I was discriminated against. I am a very pleasant Alabama Okay, no, I'll stop. I'll stop. Just, I'm a very pleasant Alabama fan, just, guys. You, just, you, need to, you need to think of all of what you want to say before you say it. And then just let it all go. All right, so we set our score predictions. Um, who, who in your mind, we'll go outside. We both know the offensive line needs to step up. Outside of that, who do you think needs or who do you want to see step up in this game? O.J. Howard. I remember this game being so disappointing for O.J. Howard last year. And I would love to see him step up and have a huge game. 
Yeah, you're very similar to me. I was going to say just the receiving core. Um, we said they did well, but at the same time, Garrick Dieter and O.J. Howard both dropped touchdown passes yeah. in the game. You can't. We can't leave points on the board against Ole Miss or any any SEC team on our schedule, but especially a team that's had our number two years in a row. You can't. You can't leave points on the board. The the focus has to be there, and and Dieters was just a, in a, a lack of focus. Yes, Howard's was a little bit more tricky. Like he just flat out missed it, and he was kind of in a diving motion, but not really. Dieter, you can't. We ended up uh, in field goal range, and then shooting ourselves in the foot by having a false start. No, a delay of game on the field goal. We didn't even get a field goal out of that drive, right? Because he dropped the pass. Right. You can't do that against this, a team like this. No. That, that wins games based on the way other people play. That's how they get their wins. Is how other teams play. Right. I agree. I. I. You know. <sighs> yeah. I think our. I honestly think our running backs are fine. I. I'm not. I mean, none of them are are, are, are Derrick Henry, but Yeldon wasn't either. I think these running backs are just a little bit more similar to Yeldon than they were Henry, which is just it's a drop off in talent, but can get the job done. I just. I mean. When we're running up the middle, they're stacking eight, and they can't block. I mean, it's, Scarborough's getting hit as he's hitting the line of scrimmage. One of those, Every yard he gets is after contact. It's just a pure numbers and statistics and law of averages game here, though, Patrick, because one of those has to give. Either the O-line yeah. has to start playing well, or the running backs have to start playing well. I just I, I can't imagine an Alabama team where both of those things are so off sync. I can't say, though, that I'm not going to sit here and say I think the running backs are playing bad. I'm not. I'm not saying they're. I don't know. Like I'm not okay, saying they're so playing bad, but in. they're definitely not playing good. Fifty-five rushing yards so far, but for Bo Scarborough, I would not be surprised in the least bit if somebody told me that fifty of those were after contact. Right. Yeah. I. I mean. I. I don't know. I. I like I said, it's a law of averages at this point. I think it just sort of comes down to which one's gonna break first, because, and in my opinion the more beneficiary thing would be if the offensive line came out to play huge, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, a running back's only as good as... Uh, 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 Adrian Peterson had 38 rush yards today because his offensive line couldn't block for him. And you can Vikings be Adrian Peterson, but if teams are stacking the box and you're not blocking, I don't care who you are. Right. No, I, I think it would open up Hurts a little bit more, too. With um, this performance like we had... The, we're having offensive line way wise this year. Um, I think Derrick Henry would would be struggling for four yards to carry right now at this point in the season with the way they're playing. Sure, I, I think I think another thing about the offense. I think uh, Lane Kiffin has to find a way to get Jalen Hurts out of the pocket more. So, yeah, they roll him out sometimes, and they're dropping him back. But I think yeah, that'd be a good idea. He did. A, I mean, his best plays on uh, against um, USC were on his rollouts. Right. Right, and that's what I mean is I, I think you've just got to find ways for him to get more space so he can be – he can have a, a, sort of a creativity. He can have a lot of different choices, you know. Um, while I'm out there, is there anything you want to see from me out there? Anything you, you think I should uh, I want to I want to see you having a good time. That's what I want. I want, <laughs> I mean, you, I want you to enjoy your job. I'll technically be working, yeah. I mean, I'm going – this isn't – this is optional with my job. I'm not being sent there. I'm going on my own accord, but I'm going to work while I'm there. I'm going to bring the camera. I'm going to get shots. Hopefully, I'll get a good shot so I can put that on our website. That'd be great. Because right now, we only have an FSU one that I shot last year. Now that you mentioned that, for those of you who are interested, our website is patsinterference.com. We're all over social media. 
Uh, Pat, is there anything else you want to say for this episode before I wrap us up? I think we've done. I think we've covered just about the. I mean, we played a not a cupcake, but we we didn't. We're not in the meat of our schedule yet. I no. think we're doing all right. I, um, I agree. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and uh, SoundCloud, and Pocket Casts, and Pat'sInterference.com, and PI underscore Podcast on Twitter. Pat's Interference on Facebook. I did it this time. Eight track, eight track too. You can get us on eight track. <laughs> like I said, every every single episode, I'm going to think of a new way where they can reach us. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, you can also find us on Twitter at pi underscore podcast on Facebook at pat apostrophe s interference. That's Pat's interference. Thank you so much for listening. We've always wanted to do this podcast. Uh, Patrick, I was actually telling somebody today about how when I was just a little wee baby freshman and you were just a little wee baby sophomore, or maybe sophomore and junior, more of the like. But either way. We had just talked about, oh, well, we could do a radio show. And now here we are, doing our own podcast, being adults in this world. The first thing we ever bonded over was Kanye West, and I'm going to see him tomorrow. I'm excited for you. Please take pictures of that, too. Maybe throw some of those on the website. (laughs) I'll get get a video of Kanye West up on that website ASAP. It's perfect. All right, man. I appreciate it. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, this has always been a dream for us. We're so glad oh, you decided real quick, to become a real part quick, of it. If, Go um, ahead. Um, Grandy, if you're listening, thank you for listening. That's my grandmother. She just started. Aww. She became a new listener recently. Oh, Yeah. Well, there goes all the things I want to say about Tennessee on Thursday. All right, no, friend. she doesn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You have I a good night, you. my friend. And uh, I will talk to you later in the week. And everybody, everybody, actually, we will talk to you later in the week if Bray makes it back from the Kanye West concert. Yes. Be safe. Roll Tide. Mm-hmm.